Good morning, Overflow Church. Good morning, Overflow Church. Man, can I, can I tell you something real quick before I, I get all into uh, the greetings and the sermon and stuff? That was powerful, right? Like, if, if you don't have a pulse, like, it should be going like 100 miles per hour right now. Like, can we just give God the glory for the worship team here and just how God is using them to minister? Oh, my goodness. A brother can get used to that. Uh, my name is Elijah uh, Shemenda. For some of you who, who do not know me, I, I am so excited to be able to come here. Uh, I'm so thankful for you guys which are here and for you, those of you which are tuning in uh, online to, to watch this uh, sermon and be a part of what God is doing through this community. Uh, man, uh, I, I bring greetings from my wife all the way from Buffalo, New York, where we pastor a church. And, uh, and uh, man, she is sad that she could not be here with you guys today, but uh, bring greetings from my two-year-old son, two-and-a-half-year-old son, and my five or Six-month-old daughter, I don't quite know, but uh, please edit that out, the video. Uh, but, uh, man, I'm so, so excited to, to be with you uh, here this morning. Uh, before we even get started, man, let me, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Corey. What an amazing man of God, and God's been uh, knitting our hearts, and as I've gotten to know him, just to see his heart for what is happening here, the staff here, man, how much they love Jesus, uh, the whole team, and I'm so thankful that you would allow me to come. Uh, I was here about a month and a half ago, and, and uh, I'm like that weird cousin, man, you know, you, just, you tell him like, hey, you can come in, you can hang out, feel at home. And so I decided, like, yeah, I'm going to come in, and I'm all in your kitchen and, and stuff like that. But you guys have been so, so gracious to me, and I'm so thankful uh, to be a part of what God is, is doing here with you guys uh, here at uh, Overflow Church. I'm excited to be able to kick off this new series for you. I, I declare war, uh, worship as uh, a weapon against those things. And how many know worship is not just singing songs, but it is the way that we posture our hearts to align ourselves with God, the, the way that we give glory to God the Father. And so this morning, this morning, we are going to be, as we start off this series in the book of Mark, if you would grab your Bibles with me and turn to uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. As you do that, I'm going to ask you to, to do me a favor, if you wouldn't mind. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Uh, would you stand? It is my tradition every time I, I get a chance to share God's word that we stand for the reading of the word. I, I truly believe that uh, when we come together and worship and we hear God's word, it is, not, it is a participatory act, right? And, and when we take that act out, it just becomes another TED Talk. I just believe so much in the Holy Spirit, if you, if you can't sense it, he's here, right? That like, that is not the way that we come to God. And so that we are standing as an act of saying, God, we, we are here. We're ready to receive your word. Uh, as I get done reading this, would you remain standing? I'm going to pray and uh, you may be, be seated. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 uh, through uh, 41. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. 
But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for these moments that we are able uh, to, to share. We pray, Father God, that you would speak, not Elijah, but, but you would speak, Father God. Give us ears to listen, hearts to receive, feet to move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're seated. In April of 2012, one of the, the craziest storms, the worst tornado storms to hit the country, hit the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I thought about maybe trying to describe how insane this storm was, uh, and then I found a video. And so I, I just want you to, to take a second and look at the sheer devastation that the storm brought to the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, area. So terrifying yesterday. Amazing that no one was killed. I know, isn't it? There were 18 tornado reports, George. Six to 13 reported on the ground and two major tornadoes striking the area. And as you say, it is shocking that there were no deaths. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But the pictures are mind-boggling. Look at these right now. These tractor trailers we're going to show you. They look like Tonka trucks being thrown through the air right there. And then they piled up. There it is, right there, right after the massive twisters. They were just flying through the air and twirling. And entire neighborhoods were torn up. We have uh, the roof ripped off from a home. The entire bedroom looks intact with a flat screen TV still there. Another home there, two by four, shooting through the walls like missiles. So much of the destruction caught on tape as it happened around 1 p.m. Dallas and again, time. those were deadly weapons. But... I love that. In that video, they're like, and the TV is still mounted on the wall. <laughs> Nature can be a scary thing, isn't it? Like, it, it, can be, it can be absolutely terrifying. I remember when I, when I first saw that video, I thought it was like some type of weird Hollywood production, right? Like, you know, like those, you know, those old movies like Twister or Tornado. I was like, man, the graphics are terrible. But, but no, this, these tornadoes were literally, literally throwing up semi-trucks and, and cabs hundreds of feet in the air like they were toys. Nature can be scary. It, 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 can, it can bring fear <laughs> and trepidation to some of the bravest people. If you're one of those people like, I'm not scared of anything, l let, me, let me say this. W why don't we take you over to an active volcano and stand at the base of that bad boy, and as it begins to rumble and it, the, word, the world begins to shake and you feel movement, I, I guarantee you the first thing you're going to do is strap up your diaper and get to running, isn't it? <laughs> Nature. Nature can be a scary thing. And, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, wait a second. Like, I, like there's those people, right? They, they, they run into storms. Those storm chasers, right? They're brave. Well, well, I got two things for that. For one, 
them folks are crazy, okay? And if that's you, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I stand by, by what, I, what I said, right? And, and, this, and the second thing is what they will tell you, what I've heard storm chasers say is that what is very clear immediately when you're in the eye of the storm is that you are not in control. As we enter into this text that we, we just read, I think there's a little bit of the same thoughts that are running through the minds of the disciples. Let, let me give you a, a, couple, a little bit of context as we get to chapter 4, how we, we got to this, this place. Uh, Mark starts off his book here in the gospel, according to Mark, with this big thesis statement. He's like, hey, this is what this book is about. Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, has come. And he is delivering good news. Right? And so now, then it just becomes crazy as Jesus starts off his ministry. I mean, like things start bursting out of control. People are coming. He's casting out demons. He's healing people. He's teaching with a power that the scribes and the Pharisees are like, man, who is this guy? How can he teach with such authority? And people are thronging themselves. And Jesus keeps telling them, shh. Be quiet. Don't tell anybody. And how could they not tell people, right? Like, this is crazy. Nothing like this had ever happened before. The, the establishment of the good news is happening. And so as we get to chapter 3, it seems as though Jesus is going to take a little rest. And, and, and so he's in this house, and then all of a sudden, people hear Jesus in this house, and people start thronging to this, this house and scribes and Pharisees and people which have heard about the good news of, of this guy, this, this, this traveling teacher who teaches so powerfully and has miracles that are, that are moving when he's around. Uh, scholars would tell us, actually, the house that, that Jesus is in in chapter 3 is more than likely Jesus' house. And so Jesus, who's just trying to get a rest here because of all this craziness that's happening, all of a sudden somebody breaks through the roof of his house and drops a paralyzed man in front of him. And I mean, come on, you got to have some nerve to break through the roof of my house and then expect me to heal you? What? All right, my Geico insurance don't cover that. <laughs> and what is what is? What does Jesus do? Not only does he heal him, but he forgives them of their sin. I mean, it is crazy. Word continues to spread about what is happening in this moment, right? More people start hearing and more people start hearing to the point that, that Jesus' own family starts saying, hey, you're, you're smelling your own sauce a little bit too much. And they literally try to capture Jesus, Scripture tells us, and haul him away because they're saying, you're out of your own mind. What do you do when you're just doing what God's called you to do and even your own family seems to be turning around? Okay, that's another sermon. I, I'm not going to give you that one, right? And so, like, there's crazy. Craziness that's literally ensuing to the point that Jesus, right, the crowds are pressing on He has to literally get in a boat. And he's teaching for the boat. And I love the, the scripture here, right, like he says, and then they got in the boat and they tried to follow him. And Jesus is like, what in the world? If you're Jesus, I imagine you're really tired at this moment. And then the Bible tells us, that the windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already starting to fill. It, it, it seems as if storms come in opportune moments in our lives, don't it? 
It seems as if storms come when we are just ready to rest, when, when all we want to do is pause, that storms seem to beat up against us. And we, we feel shaken and overwhelmed. If you're, if you're taking notes, this is the first thing that I want you to see here, is that our lives will always have storms. As long as we are, are living in this world where there's brokenness and sin and, and pain and anguish and, and the destruction of what sin brought into this world, listen, our lives will always have storms in them. I mean, Jesus says this in John 16, doesn't he? What do you say? He says, in this world, you will have trouble. And then he says, take heart, though, because what? I have overcome the world. I mean, that's beautiful, isn't it? It's the, it's the gospel. It's the good news. Like, it is a beautiful uh, thing and truth that Jesus is telling you. But can I be honest real quick, right? Can I show my humanity? Uh, when I'm going through the storm, I tend to remember the first part of what Jesus said and definitely forget the second part. Because when I'm going through a storm, it feels like, it feels like those storms are overcoming me. It feels like the busyness of the storm are overcoming me. One person once said that you're either entering in, in the middle of, or exiting a storm. And then the cycle begins all over again. I don't have to tell you this, but obviously it, it, it's this last 12 to 18 months, it feels like the world has been going through the, a collective storm, hasn't it? Right? Like the weariness and, and, and what has kind of worn us down with this COVID season. And it's brought up things. The, the storms have unearthed things in us, in our community, in, in the country that, man, we were just like, Wow. We didn't even know this would exist, right? Like it is, it is has awakened loneliness. There's more people now, right, in the last 18 month study show, like that are on anxiety pills and all these different things than it was in the previous couple of years. And we were already trending up. It has unearthed pain and fatigue. It has split household with political unrest. It has exposed racial unrest. It seems like storm after storm after storm has, will never cease. And we have felt the pressures of that. Can I, can I be honest with you here for a moment and just be, be transparent? I have been going through a season of storm in, in my life. In my life recently, I've had people that I thought, I thought, would never let me down. People which I thought uh, they had my back, I had their back, and I have seen them one by one disappear. People which I, I thought would always pick up the phone, uh, people which I've cried with, uh, have, have walked away from me. Some of, some of my, my closest friends in this season of life, people which I am interwoven, interconnected our lives with, my families and theirs, I have seen as the storms in their life have touched and pressed against the storm in, in my life, and I've seen how their families have been affected, threatening to break up homes. Uh, uh, I was here about a couple months ago, and actually, uh, a few weeks before I, I came uh, to Overflow to share the first time, um, I was going through what was the craziest moment in, in my life, really up to this date. Um, 
my, my grandmother and my uncle died literally within two hours of uh, each other uh, with COVID. My uncle was taking care of my grandmother. They both received it, and in, in a span of three to four days, they both died. My uncle was 40 years old. Seems like storms come in inopportune moments. I know I'm not the only one who feels that, that our lives kind of just feel like they're always, always filled with storms. Here's the second point. This is what I, I want you to catch here. Storms in our lives give us the feeling that we are not in control, don't they? Like, they, they give us the feeling that we are not in control. There, there's something about storms, the overwhelming nature of feeling small when the storm in front of you is literally grabbing semi-trucks and cabs and throwing them 100 feet in the air, and you realize who you are and what the storm is. There's a sense that all I can do is stand here and be swept away, thrown to and fro, feeling like I don't have any control. And usually, usually our response in that moment is to do, isn't it? We, we got to run. We got to do. And what we see for the disciples in the text, we can read into the text. What do they do? They start grabbing buckets and they start bailing, right? They're like, we, we, we're going to drown. Like we need to do something. Because this is chaos. If we don't do something, we are going to get lost. And, and, and so what does that look like for us? For, for us, the way that we start bailing is maybe we, we do things to numb ourselves. Maybe it's more work, right? So if I work more, I can become more busy, right? And I can do more stuff. And, and what that'll do is kind of numb out this sense that, that what? Like I'm going through a storm in the midst, like our family uh, feels it, right? The people around feels it because we get so busy and we get lost. Maybe uh, for some of you, it's turning to alcohol. Alcohol becomes this numbing agent, to, to kind of anesthetize us, right? Like to, to, to help us feel calm. Maybe it's some form of addiction. Maybe it is, I'm going to binge watch uh, Netflix, right? And, and uh, what is it? The Cube Games or whatever right now in this season. Like I am going to, I'm going to watch TV and numb all these things that are out. Maybe, maybe it's anger. And you don't even know that you're doing it. But you're just upset people which are trying to come in your life and just be there and be friends with you and, 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 and lend a helping land. you just lashing out. And, and you might know that you're wrong, but somehow that it feels a little bit better that somebody's feeling a little pain and not just you. Whatever, whatever it is, we, we do these things of getting busy, right, to numb ourselves to the reality of the storm. And some of you, like the disciples, may be feeling that panic of this boat is sinking. It's sinking. I am afraid. I need to do something. Is it relationships? That is the storm that is in front of you. Is it financial issues? Is it a family problems? Is it school? Is it sickness? Is it a loss of a loved one? Whatever these things are, whatever it is, there is this sense that we, an inevitable sense that we will drown if we do not act. See, make no mistake about it. The disciples in this situation 
fully understand what's going on, right? Let, let's not uh, act as if they're naive. In this boat, amongst this crew of disciples were expert fishermen whose job and livelihood uh, depended on reading the water, the waves, and the storms. So, so if anybody knew, if anybody knew what uh, the, the dire situation they were in were these fishermen. They fully understood what they said. And all of a sudden, right, as there's panic and they're like, oh, my God, we are going to drown. They, they look to the corner of the boat. And Jesus is fast asleep with the cushion under his head. What? Can, can, can I stop here? I'm, I'm no scholar, right, or uh, historian. But, but, you know, uh, I truly believe if somebody grabs the pillow and lays down on it, they meant to go to sleep, didn't they? Like, he went to sleep on purpose. <laughs> he, was, he was tired. And they turn to him and they say, Teacher, do you not care that we might perish? I think sometimes when we, we read scriptures like this, I think sometimes when we read scripture like this, you know what we do? We, we, tend, to, uh, we, 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 tend, we tend to read them flat, right? And we, 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 if you're me, sometimes you put that old English because I used to read the King James all the time. And, you know, they come up to them all meek and loud. And they're like, uh, teacher, dost thou careth if we perish? You know what I'm saying? I guarantee you that's not what happens, right? These were real human beings which were in a real situation in this moment, and I bet you they were like, get us! <laughs> Wake up! We're going to die! That's, that's the ESV version. That's the Elijah Shemenda version. Uh, you know, like, like they're like, what is going on? Wake up! The Bible says Jesus gets up and he speaks to the wind and says, peace be what? Still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And watch this. And he says to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? I'm like, what are you talking about, Jesus? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what? Have you still no faith? See, see here's the thing that I want us to, to truly understand here. Right, I really don't believe Jesus was invalidating their fears, okay? I want us to grasp this. I don't think he was invalidating their fears because here's the truth of the matter. The storm was real. The wind was real. The, 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 the uh, feeling or the understanding that in any moment now we are going to drown was Real. And, and I think sometimes when we, we, we hear these sermons, you come, whether it's in a Bible teaching or it's in a Sunday gathering like this, right? You hear these sermons and it's like, oh, yes, yes. Like, oh, yes, we're going to overcome and Jesus is great and all these different things. And it takes light of what uh, is actually happening to us. That is not the message today. I want you to understand that, yes, there are storms in our life that throw up trucks like Tonka trucks. Right? That make us feel uneasy. Jesus is not invalidating that reality. He's not invalidating your pain. That is true. But he is speaking to a deeper reality and truth that, that the storm is there, 
The winds are there, the waves and the water are, are there, but the reality is that Jesus is in the boat with you. That is the truer reality. And Jesus seems to ask him this question, have you still no faith? Another way to ask it, uh, here's this thought if you're writing, you're still with me. Where is your hope anchored? Uh, Where is your hope anchored? Anchored for, for the, the, these followers of Jesus who had just gone down, got done on what must have been a lightning round of crazy events, right? Uh, crowds, miracles, demons being cast out, mind-blowing teaching. What they realized very, very quickly is that their faith was anchored in their circumstances. What they could see and what they could feel. And Jesus was calling them to be anchored in the hope and reality that he is the one that is in control. The problem with us is that we want to be in control when storms come. So what do we do? We we start bailing water, don't we? We start moving. We start doing stuff. We start complaining. Uh Uh-oh. Why is this happening to me? Man, I can't believe this. How come that dude got that job? How come, how come that lady has this? How come I'm not in a relationship? Oh, my God. Why am I still in this place? How come my family's going through this sickness? How come I, I lost my job? How come? How come? And we, we, we go into this place of bailing water and doing. Some of us, some of us even give up. I'm done. This is too hard. This is too hard. Oh, they, they don't do it like the way that I, I like it done, right? They don't do worship the way that I like it done. They don't preach the way I have it done. We don't have all these kids. So you know what? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. They'll feel me when I'm gone. Uh, am I the only one? Right? Storms come to life. We, we start to do. We start, we start to move. We, start, we, start, we, we got to do something. I'll make it very clear right now. All those things, all those things make sense to the human heart. But, but it seems like Scripture tells us that the things of God are foolish to those that are not moving by the Spirit. Our natural reaction is to do Maybe God is calling us to be still. You see, the truth is, if the disciples understood who was in the boat with them, what they would have done is pulled up a cushion right next to Jesus and done what? Gone to sleep. If they understood who was in the boat with them, they would have pulled up the cushion and said, oh, Jesus is moving like this, so let me move like him. This is his posture when all chaos is uh, all around me, when all chaos is telling me to run and to hide. Because the reality is the one that spoke all things into existence was in the boat with them. 
The one that is our great hope was in the boat with them. The one that gives us peace that passes all understanding was in the boat with them. Come on, overflow. The one who is our refuge when in, in time of need it was in the boat with them. The one who scripture, scripture says is our strong tower that the righteous run into and they are what? Saved. Was in the boat with them. That is what they should have taken notice. That is what they should have done. And if they got that, what they would have done was simply just grab their pillow and got up right next to Jesus and gone straight to sleep. No matter how out of control this storm may seem to be, I have the one who is living in me that can turn this chaotic storm into a place of peace in my life. Well, how, how do we know that? To be too, okay, uh, Pastor Elijah, you're saying some really good things. I really appreciate that. But I, I, I'm, I'm in here. I, I, I drag myself in here. Like, I, I hear what you're saying, but like, the truth is, you don't know what's been going on in the last 24 hours of my life. How are you going to say that to me today? Well, because that same Jesus conquered the greatest storm that's ever hit this world. That same Jesus conquered sin, death, and the grave. That thing that wanted to separate you from the loving God and Father. And, and actually what we see right here in the text, right here in the book, is, is Mark who is giving, I think, a type of picture. The reason why he puts this story in the Bible, a kind of picture, a foreshadowing of what Christ would actually do. It parallels each other. I, I love the way New Testament scholar N.T. Wright uh, puts it here when he's summarizing Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. If we put that on the screen, this is what he says. Here is Jesus with the disciples going about their business here are the forces of evil madmen shrieking in the synagogue, angry men plotting, powerful men capturing Jesus and putting him to death. Here is Jesus, not now asleep on a pillow, but slumped on a cross. We hear his voice. Why are you afraid? Don't you believe it? And on the third day, the storm is what? Still, the tomb is what? Empty. And great fear comes upon them all. Who then is this? Jesus has overcome the greatest storm. So where, your, where is your heart anchored? Is your heart anchored in the hope in Jesus and what he is and what he said he will do? That no matter what, no matter what, whatever may come, we can hold on to the truth of, this, of his word. Whenever any storm in our life comes, that our posture, our posture, brothers and sisters, saints, our posture is to look at Jesus and do what Jesus does. That's our posture. It's not to be frantic. It's not to deny the storm. It's not to deny the storm. It's not to be frantic. But it's to grab that pillow. <laughs> and understand that we 
God is calling us to be still and know that the Lord is in control. Oh, man, I just have this dream. I don't, I don't know about you, but how would we live? How would we move? How would we respond when, when the world is burning all around us? When the culture is telling us that we have to take sides, when the news is telling us crazy things, when families are being split by politics, when there's pain and there's hurt, how would we move if we were people that were still in the midst of the storm? Oh my God, the world would look at us. The world would look at us and say, we want to be like that. We want to be like there's something different about these people. And in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, uh, the Bible says of these people as they're walking into town. Let it be said of them, right? Let it be said of us what was said of them. These are the people that turn the world upside down. You know how we turn it upside down? It's because we're, we're countercultural. We're different than the world. When everybody is looking for a life, right, laugh, life raft, everybody said we're sinking. Where are we? We got our cushion. And we're lined up next to Jesus. We're not running. We're not afraid. We're not crying. We're, not, we're lined up next to Jesus. There's a song which I, I love that's, that's dear, near and dear to my heart that I use as a weapon of warfare against the enemy that plagues my mind, that plagues my heart. that I posture myself to remind myself to be still, to be still in the midst of pain, in the midst of fatigue, in the midst of rejection, when storms come up, and it simply just says this, be still and know that the Lord is in control. It, it, it says, be still, my soul, stand and watch as giants fall. I won't be afraid. You are here. You silence all my fear. I won't be afraid. You don't let go. Be still, my heart, and know I will not be afraid. You may be in this place this, this morning. Filled with fear. You may be in this place feeling overwhelmed. You may be in this place saying, like, I'm not at the base of the storm watching uh, trucks float around. I am that truck which is floating around in the sky. Be still. Be still and find yourself right next to Jesus. Yes, yes, all chaos is abounding. All craziness is abounding. But take heart! Jesus says, I have overcome the world. If that is true, and we know it's true because he has overcome it on the cross, then our posture must be to get next to Jesus. If you're in this place, if that's you, I'm going to ask real quick, man, the spirit has been moving. I regret that I didn't do this in, my first in the first service. If that's you, I'm going to ask you, all heads bowed. 
all eyes closed. And you might be going right now through that storm. You might be going right now through that storm. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come up, but if that's you, I want you to shoot your hand up real quick and drop it down. I want you to shoot that. Yes, I see those hands. I see those hands. And yes, I feel that pain. I'm in it with you, brothers and sisters. I am right now currently in it with you. We're going to pray right now to the God (laughs) that steals the storms. And after that, we're going to stand up and we're going to use our worship as a weapon of warfare. And we're going to sing this song as loud as we can. We're going to raise our hands. If we have to weep, we're going to weep. I'm going to be standing up here. If you want somebody to pray with you, I'm here. And know that God is in control. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, you see those hands. You see the people, Lord Jesus, that are saying, I feel the overwhelming nature of the storm. I feel it, Jesus. Lord, I'm standing here. I'm standing here in the need, and I'm saying, I feel it. I feel it, Jesus. I feel it, Jesus. Would you posture our hearts? Would you posture our hearts to be still and know that you're in in control? You, you, you tell us, Father, uh, that your burden is light. Your yoke is easy. To come, all those which are heavy laden. And your promises is that you will give us rest. That you will give us rest. I pray this for my brothers and sisters. In this moment, in this moment, Jesus, that you will give them rest. You will give them rest. That they would be still in the midst of chaos. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.